The Z-Ball Podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast, and the 2017 Final Four is now set, taking place in Phoenix this upcoming weekend, and uh, on the line joining me to discuss this, uh, the same guest that discussed the initial opening weeks of the tournament from Bay Area, California, Syed. What's up, Syed? How's it going? Hey, I'm good. What about you? Doing well. Uh, really uh, bummed about my Final Four picks. Uh, none of them... <laughs> surprisingly came through and I didn't pick one correct final four team and uh Villanova really let me down Kansas Kentucky so uh let's go ahead and get started we'll start in the east region where all the chaos started in the first weekend and Villanova was knocked off by Wisconsin and we have a seven seed coming out of the region with South Carolina from your SEC uh your uh, Florida Gators SEC, excuse me. And uh, what was your overall uh, thoughts on that region? How do you think uh, South Carolina eventually came out? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that was the, probably the most surprising region. And, you know, I think if, if Florida would have had a Gunu, I think they would have been in the Final Four and they would have had a pretty good shot. But, you know, South Carolina has really turned up the defensive intensity. Um, and... You know, they're they're just playing lights out right now. Um, uh, you know, and they, they have they probably have they have the SEC Player of the Year, who's you know Cinderius Thornwell, who's who's lighting up in the in the tournament as well. So they got a go-to player, and you know they're they're clamping down on defense. So they're playing really good. Okay, another thing uh, in this region I kind of want to get to, what 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 do you think happened to Villanova ultimately? Uh, they were picked number one overall seed as going into the tournament and basically pretty much by most by most standards a lock to get back to the Final Four. Uh, what do you think ultimately happened? I don't think they were in a particularly tough region. Uh, do you think it was just uh, they caught some breaks last year? Uh, what do you think happened for them uh, this year ultimately? Yeah, I mean, I think they caught some breaks last year, and, you know, it's not like they dominated everybody and dominated in, in the championship game either. Um, you know, they're a good, solid team. Um, but they also, you know, it was surprising as they won the championship last year. They didn't have any NBA-level talent, and I don't think they have. They didn't have any this year either. And don't get me wrong, they were a good team, and they're, they're really well-coached. They just... You know, they have that elite-level talent, and they ran up to, against a team that was playing great defense. So. Yeah, that seems like the story of this region. Uh, hot, Hard-nosed teams who slowed down the pace in Wisconsin, South Carolina, Florida, Virginia, even the, the defensive-minded team, but they got blown up by your Gators. And then I want to discuss uh, our USC Trojans. Uh, 
I kind of had a little bit of hope for them. It looked like they were going to beat Baylor in that second round game. And it looked like they always had like the five point lead. And then the play uh, that turned the game, in my opinion, was when Manu Lacombe had that four point play, I, be, I think with like four and a half minutes to go. And then he went on his own personal like 11 0 run against USC. Uh, what do you see for USC? Uh, what do you think ultimately was their downfall against Baylor? And what do you see for them in the upcoming seasons? Yeah, I mean, I think they showed up well. They were right in that game, and that you know they had a chance to advance. Um, but I think they have a positive outlook. As you know, I think their their coach is doing a good job, and I think you know I think they're on the upswing. So you know, I could see them making the tournament again next year. So I think I think they'll be a you know a contender in the Pac-12 going forward. All right, yeah, sounds good. I definitely like to see that because I have not seen. <laughs> Very good uh, USC team, probably since about since oh seven or oh six, somewhere around there. So, uh, in regards to uh, the the region overall, uh, we uh, you know South Carolina coming out representing the region. Uh, uh, how does Frank Martin uh, kind of turn this team into like an intense, hard nosed defensive team? I mean, within a pretty short uh, short amount of time. I mean, coming from Kansas State, uh, as far as the coaches in the Final Four, if He's probably the most intense one, would you, wouldn't you say? Um, yeah, I mean, Mark Few isn't an intense guy, and neither are the, the guys on the other team, so he's probably the most intense. Um, and he, he's done a great job. I mean, he has um, Cinderia Thornwell, who's, you know, who's, who's been good for a couple of years. He, he's not, you know, he's not an underclassman, he's not a freshman. Um, but the rest of the team, like, they've kind of come out of nowhere. Um, no one really picked them to, to get this far. Um, so, you know, it's been surprising to see, to see that team really play together, like, the, the way they have. Okay, definitely. So that, that does it for the South, re- uh, excuse me, the East region. Uh, South Carolina coming out and representing that region in the Final Four. And they'll be taking on, uh, Gonzaga, who's the who are the winners of the West region, and uh, Gonzaga finally getting to the Final Four uh, after so many years of uh, contender-like play and everyone questioning if they could really win big games. And this year they finally did so, and they now see themselves in the Final Four. Uh, what do you think changed for them this this season? So did you, did they catch some breaks ultimately? What happened? Um, you know, I think. They've had a great year all around. They're one seed. Um, you know, they have a couple of transfers. They have that big guy in the middle. Um, they're just a solid team overall. And, you know, I think for the past 10 years or so, they've, they've fielded a pretty good team. Uh, so they're, they're a program that's, that's pretty much a contender year in, year out, you could say now. Um, so I think that they're at that level where, you know, you got to consider them a top 10, top 15 program. All right, definitely. And uh, ultimately, I thought Arizona was going to come out of this region. Uh, wrong again on that one. Uh, ultimately, I, Arizona, I think, in my opinion, uh, ultimately got flummoxed by Xavier's uh, zone defense. It seemed like they couldn't really do much with that. It was just like pass the ball around, whip the ball around, and then ultimately settle for a three-pointer. They couldn't really get to the middle of that defense. 
their big guys weren't physical enough with Markinen and Ristich. They didn't really show physicality. So, and Xavier really, in my opinion, preyed on that. And that was ultimately the downfall for them. Uh, people are kind of calling for Sean Miller's job. Uh, what do you think? You think he ultimately remains the Arizona coach? I think so. I mean, you know, they had a disappointing tournament, but I think they had a pretty, they had a good year overall. Um, so I don't see them in. I don't think they're a program that's in like turmoil that needs to get rid of their head coach at this point. All right, definitely. So, uh, I mean, some were there really any other surprises in the, in that region West? I don't, I don't really remember too much. I just remember. Pretty much Gonzaga dominating, and then uh, Xavier was actually the one surprised as the 11 seed. But other than that, I mean, not too much, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Xavier was a little bit of a surprise, but uh, Gonzaga's, you know, they were one seed, so they were kind of expected to get this far. Okay, yeah, definitely. Gonzaga, congrats to them. Uh, first Final Four in their program history, and they'll be taking up. They'll be taking on South Carolina, who's also in their first Final Four in program history. So uh, that'll be an exciting matchup to watch. I think it'll be tough, hard-nosed, two uh, physical-type teams. And then Gonzaga probably uh, has the edge. Uh, they're a six-and-a-half-point favorite. They've got a lot more size and I think a lot more physicality. But at this point, South Carolina is playing much better defense, and they probably have more confidence at the moment just given – all the opponents that they've went, they've gone through in the East region. So with that, we'll move into the right side of the bracket. And this is a region, uh, the Midwest region, we thought was tailor-made for, for the Kansas Jayhawks. We, we were talking last time about how, how easy the, the committee made it for Kansas to get to the Final Four with the regional final basically in their backyard in Kansas City. But ultimately, they ran into a buzzsaw in the Oregon Ducks, and they never really recovered. They didn't play very well that game. What do you think uh, ultimately happened in that regional final between Kansas and Oregon? Yeah, I mean, everyone's pointing towards, um, you know, the, the length and athleticism of the, the, the guards for Oregon. Um, you know, everyone kind of knew that Dylan Brooks was, you know, a top player, but uh, some of the other players, like um, Dorsey and other players, have stepped up for Oregon. Um, you know, and I, yeah, just like you said, I, th- I thought Kansas was the favorite coming into the tournament. I thought they were the best team in the in the nation, but Oregon handled them pretty well. Um, they they also beat probably the, the Cinderella story of going into the mid of the tournament was Michigan. So, um, yeah, definitely was a surprise for, for Oregon to, to get where they are at, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. I mean, Oregon, I mean, I kind of, I pretty much wrote them off when I, with the injury to Chris Boucher, but uh, give uh, Jordan Bell a lot of credit. They're, uh, they're athletic, uh, big man up front. I mean, he, he really stepped in. He's He's been a great rim protector. He's super athletic up front. He's He's gotten a lot of block shots, as we saw. I think he had eight blocks against Kansas, I believe, and he was. Yeah, he had a tremendous game. He was all over the place, uh, chasing down blocks on fast breaks, 
not allowing the cat the Kansas stout Kansas guards with Josh Jackson and Frank Mason to get in the paint. Ultimately, uh, I thought this was this was just Kansas's region to lose, but uh, I was ultimately wrong on that one as well. So uh, with that, uh, what do you see for this Oregon team? Uh, how do you think they ultimately got hot and I mean, what what do you see for them going into their final four matchup against North Carolina? Well, um, uh, I've counted them out before, and I'm probably going to do it again. So who, who knows if it'll make a difference? You know, I think I think the team they're playing against is probably the more talented team again. Um, they've got you know they, they got to deal with another talented Jackson. They they shut down Josh Jackson, and now they're going to have to deal with uh, Justin Jackson. So. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. All right, yeah. I thought the only competition to Kansas was uh, Purdue. I mean, but Purdue gave them a, a fight for maybe like the first like half and like the five minutes of the second, up until five minutes into the second half. And then after that, Kansas just boat raced them and ended up winning that game by 30 points. And then. Well, the first three games, Kansas was killing everybody. Yeah, and after those three games, I thought Kansas was just uh, too much with their their uh, trio of uh, guards with Devontae Graham, Frank Mason, and uh, Josh Jackson. I thought they were just going to be too much for Oregon to handle, too athletic and too skilled inside as well. But, hey, give Oregon credit. Uh, they proved everyone wrong, and they will be going to their first Final Four since 1939 when they won the— the entire, when they won the championship and that was also the first year that the tournament took place so a lot of uh, history making <laughs> a lot of uh, new teams in the final four with Gonzaga South Carolina and Oregon and then you got one of the most elite programs in North Carolina and I think second overall amongst all college programs and national championships national championships excuse me and with that we'll go into the south region we'll kind of recap that a bit uh we said uh, going into the tournament, that was the best region overall with North Carolina, Kentucky, UCLA, and Butler at the top. And then other teams like Wichita State, Middle Tennessee, Cincinnati, Dayton. So uh, what are your overall thoughts on this region? Uh, and we both thought Kentucky was going to come out of this region. We were ultimately wrong again. Uh, what, what do you think was the downfall for Kentucky? I mean, I, I thought this was a solid uh, region, and, you know, there's a bunch of teams, there's a bunch of good games. Um, you know, the the, uh, the UCLA game was pretty good against uh, Kentucky. You got to see a couple of NBA prospects go at it. Um, and, and, like, Darren Fox put on a show that game, and, um, yeah, speak, you know, they, speaking of De'Aaron Fox, uh, how how much did he? Uh, 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 how much does his draft stock rise after that performance? I mean, he pretty much uh, put Lonzo Ball in check offensively. I think quite a bit. I think you know he's he's probably gonna be a top five pick now, maybe you know you know in good part because of that game. He 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 was blowing by Lonzo Ball. Like Lonzo is nobody. Um, put up with thirty nine points on like twenty shots um, while holding Lonzo to ten points, eight assists. 
Um, so he, he definitely helped his stock out quite a bit there. Yeah, and that game, Lonzo seemed like to me in the first half, even though he wasn't scoring, he was still being effective, uh, getting his teammates involved. But at some point in in the second half, it kind of seemed like to me he kind of checked out. But to me, ultimately, I love uh, Lonzo. I think he's going to be a great player in the NBA. I don't think that one game kind of <laughs> writes me off. I think still think he's going to be a top two or three pick in the draft. Uh, but I th- I just see lots of good things from him. But defensively, I, th- I think he still has strides to make. And then uh, the only th- I think one thing you can say is kind of his shooting stroke is a little unorthodox, kind of awkward. I uh, kind of kind of similar to like a Kevin Martin, but one thing he has going with his shooting stroke, it's he has a very quick release. So I think that that really helped him as far as in the NBA, and he he creates space very well to get those type of shots. But he has ways to go defensively, and uh, do you think he's getting too a little bit too arrogant, and full of himself, going into this draft with all the attention that his dad's uh, putting towards him? Well, yeah, so I can't, it's, it's impossible to root for that guy because of his dad. And, like, he looks aloof and he, he looks, the way he plays, he looks arrogant. And then, like, it's not just his dad, but even he's making statements like that he's the best player in the draft and that he thinks he's going to be the best player ever. So, you know, when you make up, when you make those sorts of statements and then your dad's asking for a billion dollar contract from a shoe company. Um, when you haven't proven anything, it just doesn't look good. So, to me, like I hope he he has a career like his dad and averages two points a game in the NBA. Okay, given that, I know I I get the thing about his dad, but what other than that, what's your beef with this guy? I mean, I mean, what ultimately don't you like about his game? Um, he's not athletic. Uh, he doesn't look like he's trying. Uh. I agree that I think he's a good playmaker. He's a good, he's a good uh, ball handler, passer. Uh, he, 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 you know, he, he put the ball right where it needed to be, kind of like a, a Jason kid. Um, but in terms of athleticism and scoring, not sure if he's there yet. Well, one thing he has going that Jason Kidd didn't have going into Jason Kidd didn't really become a good shooter until like the latter part of his career. I think Lonzo's already already like an elite type shooter. And he's shown that. And Jason Kidd was an elite athlete. This kid, I'm not sure if he is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's. I don't know if he's an elite athlete, but I don't think he's a terrible athlete. But uh, you ultimately think Josh Jackson is going to go number one over Fultz and Lonzo Ball? Please explain. Please explain yourself. <laughs> I, I think he's got the most potential. I think. Um... Yeah, everyone has the guy from Washington go on number one consensus. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know about that, but I think I think Josh Jackson, in terms of his athletic ability, his defense, um, I, I think he's got potential to be, you know, an elite wing player. Um, so. I think he, you know, from what I've seen, he seems like the best NBA prospect to me. Okay, I mean, yeah, he's uh, he has a lot of length. I mean, he's he can play make, he can shoot, he can score. But a thing I worry about with him, I kind of see parallels to like Brandon Ingram. I kind of see that little like lanky frame, kind of the. I think the physicality is not there for me. I mean. 
do you think ultimately he needs to get more physical, bulk up, beef up a little bit to translate to the NBA level play? Uh, a little bit. Um, to me, like Brandon Ingram is like six eleven uh, and awkward. Um, even though I like Brandon Ingram coming out, he just hasn't played well. To to me, Josh Jackson reminds me more of like an Andrew Wiggins. Um, Right. So, you know, I, I don't think he, he's not as lanky as, as Brandon Ingram, and I think he's he's more athletic. Um, you know, and I think Andrew Wiggins is still coming into his own, so I think just like that, it's going to take him a couple of years in the league. But um, that's that's the type of prospect that I see from uh, from Josh Jackson. Okay. Uh, with that being said, we got sidetracked a little bit, but. Uh... How about that Kentucky-North Carolina game for the regional final in the South region? Uh, it looks like Kentucky, if that game was going to overtime, was most likely going to win. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, Malik Monk has hit a ridiculous shot to tie the game. and then uh, Malik Monk hit two ridiculous shots in the waning yeah. seconds of the game, and it looked like he was really starting to get in his zone, starting to heat up after a kind of what was a, like a terrible game all throughout for him go- leading into that like last two minutes. But it looked like Carolina controlled the game throughout. I mean, it looked like their size was just too much for Kentucky. I mean, Luke May really uh, stepped up off the bench for North Carolina, had a great performance. Kennedy Meeks was very physical. And then Justin Jackson, I mean, was just shooting the lights out of the ball. And then Joel Berry, uh, gutty performance. I think he rolled his ankle in the first half of that game. And then Isaiah Hicks, the the veteran guard for them. Uh what do you see for North Carolina? They ultimately pulled that game out. Uh, they're definitely their favorite going into the Final Four, and they're a four-point favorite against Oregon. What do you think is ultimately the difference in that matchup for the Final Four, North Carolina versus Oregon? Yeah, I think their bigs um, need to play play good again. You know, they did well against Kentucky. Um, and... And Jackson's going to have to stroke it for Rathai like he was uh, against Kentucky as well. Um, they're they're going to need, you know, that perimeter play again. Um, and and I, think, I think they're going to squeak by Oregon as well. So I think they're going to win by more than five points. So. Okay, I mean, North Carolina, they're obviously on a redemption tour after the heartbreaking loss in the championship game against Villanova last season, the last second three by Chris Jenkins. So yeah, I agree with you. I think North Carolina is going to beat Oregon for sure. I think they're going to, they're going to win by like maybe like 10 points, somewhere around that range. I just think they're too much for Oregon. And I, I, I just think their veteran experience and then they play a disciplined style offensively and defensively. So I just think that's going to overcome Oregon's athleticism, which they have a lot of athleticism with Dorsey and Brooks as their guards. And then obviously we mentioned Jordan Bell up front, eight block shots against Kansas in the regional final. So I think North Carolina's passing and kind of cerebral attack on offense will kind of mitigate that athleticism from Oregon. And North Carolina's smart, veteran-savvy play will pull them through to the championship game on Monday. But with that being said, uh, let's move into the other game. We both agree on North Carolina getting to the championship game for the second consecutive year. We'll move into the the Cinderella story of South Carolina Gamecocks, their first 
ever Final Four in school history versus Gonzaga, their first ever Final Four in school history. Uh, who do you think wins that matchup, and what do you think ultimately it comes down to? Yeah, this one is a tough one. I think this is going to be like a kind of one of those like low scoring grind out games. That probably like somewhere in the sixties, like low sixties, something like that. And then uh, basically, it's going to come down to, in my opinion, uh, who can be more physical. And I think just because of the size that Gonzaga has, I think they'll ultimately be more physical than uh, South Carolina, but. <laughs> Definitely, if you were to pick uh, who's who's going to win based on the intensity of the coaches, you'd have to go with South Carolina, and they kind of take on the personality of their coach, Frank Martin. But with that being said, I think Gonzaga is kind of sick of hearing that they're they're uh, they're always chokers; they can't get to the big game. I think they're gonna they're gonna prove they have they really have what it takes, and I think their size with Karnowski and uh, Zach. Uh, Zach Williams, I think. What's his name? Uh, uh, Nigel Williams, their guard, is obviously one of their, their best player, but up front with their size, Karnowski. And I, I forgot the other guy's name. I think he, they prove, they prove uh, too much for South Carolina. I think their South Carolina's Cinderella run ends here, but uh, give them credit and then We'll see Gonzaga, North Carolina, in my opinion, in the championship game. And do you think North Carolina ultimately gets their redemption? I think so. Um, we've seen that in sports recently, where um, the, the runner-up in the championship game comes back and wins it. Uh, and I think uh, I think North Carolina is going to be able to do it this year. I think they they come out and they win against Gonzaga. Yeah, I just think uh, North Carolina, like I said, they're veterans. Uh, mostly juniors, seniors, for the most part, all their best players are. And then they all have that that la memory in their head from last year, and that's going to keep playing in their mind until they uh, erase it with a win, in my opinion, this year. And they'll be hoisting up the trophy, in my opinion, in Phoenix at the end, at the end on Monday night and then at the end of one shining moment as well. And then Roy Williams will get his... Uh, third championship in North Carolina, in my opinion. So with that being said, uh, any other kind of uh, draft thoughts you have initially? I mean, kind of any sleepers besides the ones we talked about? Any Anybody you saw during the tournament who kind of raised their stock? Well, yeah, I think Sundarius Thornwell, um, yeah, he's already SEC Player of the Year, but I think he, he's impressed. So I always knew like he could score, but he's impressed on the defensive end as well. So I think he he comes out as an intriguing NBA prospect. Um, you know, I think you know, like we talked about, Darren Fox really helped his stock. I think I think Lonzo Ball probably hurt his stock. Um, so I think you know, the, and we'll see. You know, Josh Jackson he didn't play well in the game; they got eliminated either, but. I don't think that's going to have an effect like it will on Lonzo. 
Uh, so we'll see. And you know, people think that Justin Jackson from from UNC is an intriguing prospect as well. So yeah, what do you see about Justin Jackson? I mean, uh, does he does his game really translate to the NBA? I kind of see him as a three and D type guy in the NBA, maybe like similar to his. Uh, Tar Heel counterpart Danny Green. I kind of see him somewhere along those lines. Uh, what What do you think? How do you think his game translates to the NBA? Yeah, I mean that, that that's I think that's most likely. But we'll see if he's got more potential than than that. Yeah, I think he's got a little bit of ball handling experience. But um, if he's able to develop that, obviously he's going to have a higher ceiling. But we'll definitely see him. At a minimum, like a 3-and-D guy. Okay. With that being said, it should be an exciting set of Final Four games. Uh, obviously, like we mentioned, Gonzaga, their first trip to the Final Four in school history. Same with South Carolina, first trip to the Final Four in school history. Oregon's first trip to the Final Four since 1939. And then one of the most powerhouse uh, elite basketball programs in the nation, North Carolina. Second most titles of all time of any school. So, uh me and Saeed have North Carolina ultimately, in our opinions, coming out with the national championship. And it should be an exciting set of games. And Saeed, uh, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. And everyone, thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoy the games this weekend. And I should be back uh, next weekend uh, with some NBA talk. Thank you, guys.